Do you think Jesus could do anything right here in Las Vegas, Sin City? I believe that what God is doing is He's created an eternal testimony. And what we know is when we can come together under a spirit of unity, nothing would be impossible. Hello and welcome to another episode of Las Vegas United. I'm your host, Aaron Pino. I want to take a moment to thank you for taking time out of your schedule to join us. You know, some of you might be watching this on Keen 17. I want to say thank you. Others of you might be watching this on YouTube or maybe even listening to this on iTunes or Spotify. Wherever you're getting this show from, I want to just, from my own personal heart, tell you thank you so much for joining us on this episode. You know, here at Las Vegas United, we're partnering together with God to create an eternal testimony of his goodness, his mercy, and his power right here in the Las Vegas Valley. And as you know, we bring on different leaders, community leaders, ministers, entrepreneurs, um, different people here in Las Vegas who are making a difference in our city. And so today is no different. Would you please help me welcome Miss Kimberly? Welcome to the show today. Thank you. I appreciate you having me on. Absolutely. The pleasure is all mine. I'm excited to talk today. Um, we were talking a little bit before we started rolling tape here. I think what you're doing is absolutely outstanding. Thank you. Um, but before we get into that, mm -hmm. let our audience know a little bit more about yourself. How long you've been in Las Vegas? How'd you get here? All that good stuff. Okay. Well, came to Vegas in 1962. Awesome. Right? Um, I didn't get here by myself. Uh, so my parents came out here from New York, and wow. they were actually headed to uh, California, but they stopped in Vegas and said, all right, we're going to land here. So the youngest of six kids grew wow. up here, uh, went to high school here, moved away for a couple years in like uh, junior high, but we came right back because we and my parents missed it. And mm -hmm. So grew up here. Um, my husband married him. We've been married 41 years. Wow. He also grew up, pretty much grew up here, too. We've got three um, adult daughters, and let's see, and all three are married, and I've got five grandkids. Wow. Yes. That's awesome. Yes. That is the blessing for getting through teenage girls is grandkids. <laughs> so just putting that out there. Oh, yeah. You, you beat me to my line. I tell <laughs> yeah. everyone. I hear all the time. Yes. Grandkids are God's way of, of rewarding you for not killing your teenagers. That is correct. <laughs> that is correct. Yeah. Wow. Married 41 years. That's right? that's uh, That's a testimony in and yeah. of itself. Yes. Wow. That's yeah. incredible. And you've been in Las Vegas for a long time time. Yes. Um, so here, I, I'm just going to call you a native. There you go. You know, I you're think a I Vegas qualify. Native. I think you do. <laughs> you do. know, the only, the only thing close to that is if you were actually born here. Right. But you yes. know what? You've been here long enough. I, I think it, you I qualify. think I've been here longer than some natives. Oh, yeah. Right. He yeah. Hello. That's right. That's <laughs> yes. right. Yep. So you're you're here in Vegas. You um, you're you get established here as a family. Mm -hmm. You're going through life. Um, Tell us a bit more about your journey, because eventually we want to talk about some things you have going on. Yes. But tell us how you landed up where you are currently at now. All right. So I uh, went to UNLV, graduated from UNLV, got a bachelor's in communication and went on my merry way. Had no idea what I wanted to do. Worked for a very kind gentleman, Ned Bernstein, for 11 years. Oh, wow. And after I left him, I said, OK, I think I have an entrepreneurial spirit. I think I want to launch something. And so I started uh, a training business mm. and was going really great until 
2008 when wow. everything crashed. Yeah. And so I decided at that time, let me go back to school. Went back to school, got my master's in marriage and family therapy and went into that field. So yeah, that started the journey. Wow. Wow. Yes. Yeah. Marriage and family therapy. Yeah. That's what we want to talk about today. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, I love it. Ed Bernstein. He has yes. been in Vegas forever. He has. Yeah. I remember growing yes. up here as a kid. You know, seeing the Ed Bernstein commercials, the yes. billboards, everything like yes. that. He's yep. he's a staple in Las yeah, Vegas. That's for sure. That's for sure. My <laughs> kids were in some of his very first commercials. Take the first step was an oh, old is that one. Right? Yeah, yeah. Wow. Like yeah. That is yeah. awesome. That is yeah. awesome. I, lo I love the history of Las yeah, Vegas. That's for sure. Being yeah. unraveled here on the show today. Yeah, there you go. The stories <laughs> I could tell. Oh, I bet. I bet. We'll we'll save that for yeah, off another the air. time. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Uh, that that's awesome. So <laughs> you started the marriage and family practice. Mm -hmm. um, so I understand you you were in training, but then, you know, the recession in 08 hit. Right. So you went back to school. Yeah. Why marriage and family counseling? Why, why that? You know, I, I can only say that was the Lord directing my steps because when I went in to say, okay, I want to get an additional degree, they said, in what? And I said, I have no idea. And they said, well, what have you done? And I told them, they said, well, how about this? And I had to laugh because I remember in high school, you took those aptitude tests. Mm -hmm. And I remember opening it up, the results, and it saying I should be a social worker. And I remember crumpling it up going, ah, I'm not going to be a social worker. I don't even think I knew what a social worker was. <laughs> but I remember saying, I'm going to be like a doctor or a lawyer. I'm not going to be a social worker. And then I just laughed because I wish I would have followed that because wow. I would. I love I love the field that I'm in. Wow. Truly love it. Yeah, that's that's awesome. I and mean, you work with people. Yes. You work with people dealing hurting with people, hurting people, yeah. people yeah. who have gone through trauma mm -hmm. experiences that that you probably yeah. that they probably wouldn't wish on on their worst enemy. Right. So yep. talk to us about that, what you're doing now. Obviously, you're in, in uh, you know, the, the field you're in, family uh, therapy. Um, but tell us some of the journey that you've experienced while in that, um, helping people mm -hmm. heal yeah. from their past hurts. Yeah. It is honestly a privilege when somebody lets me into their heart mm. and shares their story. And I don't ever take that lightly and people will say well you know don't you get tired of hearing those stories or don't you get them confused and i'm like i really don't get them confused i get a lot of other things confused mm -hmm. if my husband is watching he will agree <laughs> <laughs> but not people's stories and i really realized how connected you become with somebody when they are giving you that privilege mm. of hearing their deepest pain mm. so i've yeah I love it. Yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm. That's incredible. Um, you know, back back several years ago, I used to work at a homeless shelter mm -hmm. in McKinney, Texas. I, I grew up here in okay. Vegas. I moved away for a little bit. Uh -huh. And uh, I, I worked at a homeless shelter in McKinney, Texas. And um, I was just kind of like a, a resident just making sure people didn't go crazy yeah. in, in the room, you know, mm -hmm. and even in that environment, hearing the different stories, mm -hmm. people coming out of what they came out of to get into our residence, you know, yes. it's, it's incredible yep. what people go through yep. in their day-to-day -day lives. So talk to us about yep. some, maybe some stories you can share yep. about people that you've, that you've walked through some things with, yep. um, maybe some successes, but maybe even some not, not good turnouts. Well, 
there's that whole confidentiality thing, so I'm not sure gonna share I understand that. stories, right? But I am going to tell you that um, for like the last 10 years, I've worked with Hope for Prisoners. Mm-hmm. And clearly, I am an older white woman, right? <laughs> and so when John Ponder said, hey, do you want to go inside and do some classes? I said, I'd love to. And it has been, again, a life-changing journey for me to go in and hear the stories of these men and women. And I think that's when really my eyes were opened. Like, nobody wakes up in the morning and says, I think I'm going to be a drug addict. Mm -hmm. Nobody wakes up in the morning and says, you know, I think I'm going to cause physical harm to everybody Mm -hmm. or anybody. Right? But hearing their stories of pain from childhood... You begin to see, it's like if nobody comes alongside a child who has experienced adverse childhood uh, trauma, then what do we expect when they grow up? Mm. Nobody's come along and, and consistently been with them and taught them and showed them and mentored them. So are we surprised that our prisons are full, that our mental health and our addiction rates are off the charts? Mm, mm. Right? Yeah. Uh, Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it kind of is a given. So would you say in your Mm -hmm. years of experience, is that where a lot of the trauma comes from is whenever growing up? Yep. Yep. Wow. Let me let me tell you a real quick story. So. Um, I, sometime in COVID, um, heard about what's called the ACE study. It's Adverse Childhood Experiences. These two doctors, they wanted to know why when people lost weight, they put weight back on. I'm like, well, they obviously don't know anything about Krispy Kreme donuts. That's why. (laughs) But anyway, they asked 17,500 people 10 questions, yes or no questions. They all had to do with childhood trauma. Did you experience emotional abuse, sexual abuse, physical abuse? Did you see your mother um, experience violence? Did you have an incarcerated parent or did you have somebody mentally ill in your family? The higher the score the more likely that in adulthood they would experience physical symptoms, heart disease, cancer, increased like a 1,600% more likelihood of suicidal ideations. Wow. um, uh, Mental illness, addictions. And I'm thinking, you know what? Those 17,500 people were all employed by Kaiser Permanente. And the majority of them were white. Wow. And I thought, I've lived in Vegas my whole life. What if we took those 10 questions back behind the stratosphere mm. and we asked those pe- that population, how high would that be? Wow. And the other part of it was positive childhood experiences. When you walk next to a child consistently, whether it's a parent, a teacher, you can undo some of the damage from that trauma. Wow. So I'm like, what are we doing? Why are we not doing more? Yeah. Wow. So why do you think, why do you think that is like in a childhood thing? Is it because like we're, why why is that? You know what I mean? Because obviously the, the data shows you Mm -hmm. children are important. Their formation is important. Like talk to us a little bit about that. So listen, when a child experiences trauma, they aren't, they don't have the capacity to look around and go, okay, well, I wonder what my mom and dad have went through and, you know, what's going on in employment, homelessness. They don't have that. All they, the way they process it is sometimes through shame. Mm. 
if I was good enough, if I wasn't born, if I was a boy instead of a girl or a girl instead of a boy, if I was smarter, if I was prettier, if I was good enough. And so that becomes that child's story that they tell themselves. Mm. And I witnessed that firsthand working in the prison. Wow. Where when I would develop that relationship, because I had to earn the privilege of getting in their heart. And when they opened up, that's what I heard consistently. Wow. I'm not enough. I'm not mm. smart enough. I should, should, should. And anytime we hear the word should, it so often correlates with shame. Wow. Yeah. Incredible. This is, this is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So whenever you, whenever you work with somebody mm-hmm. and they've gone through childhood trauma, abuse, mm-hmm. neglect, yeah. and now they come to you, mm-hmm. um, obviously, you know, there probably isn't a blanket thing across the board. You probably take it case by case. Mm -hmm. But what are some foundational things that you begin to walk people through Mm -hmm. that way they can begin begin to get healed? Right. So I think the first part is I let them know that this is their story. And when they are ready, they can begin to tell their story. Mm -hmm. So until then, I am depositing trust in their emotional bank account Mm -hmm. because trust is built small amounts over time. And when they get to the point that they're, they know that they can trust me, mm-hmm. they begin to share. And again, I will give them, you know, an okay to not share everything mm-hmm. or to share what they need. Then we'll talk about what did that, how has that impacted you in your life? Mm-hmm. Where has that shown up? What are the stories you tell yourself as a result of that? And then begin to deconstruct that to again, if they're coming from a faith-based perspective, mm-hmm. then it's easy to go to God's word and say, okay, well, what does God say about this? Yeah. Right. Yeah. But then there sometimes has to be healing with that as well. Mm-hmm. Wow. Right? The healing comes, uh, as, as you, as you talk it through that, that's, that's awesome. I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, and the faith, the, the faith-based aspect of it, you know, I tell people all the time, look, Christians can go to counseling too. Yes. You thank know, you. <laughs> one, one of the names of God is a wonderful counselor. Yes, you know what you. I mean? Yeah. So if you're watching this, just know God believes in counseling. Yeah, all right. If you need to go sit on somebody's couch, go sit on somebody's Amen. couch. Amen. Amen. Um, yeah. um, what would, what would you say to people who are watching this right now? And maybe they're, they're on the fence of like, well, maybe I don't, maybe this is just, this is just me and I don't have a problem. But they, they, deep down, they know they need to go talk to somebody. What would you say to somebody like that? Well, listen, that journey, it's got to be their decision, right? Mm-hmm. And I would just ask them, listen, when you are alone by yourself, looking at yourself in the mirror, do you like what you see? Mm-hmm. Do you like the relationships that you have created? Mm-hmm. You know, is it in any place disruptive? And if it is, can you be curious about it? Because curiosity is really where it all starts. Mm. Talk to us about curiosity. You were telling me about that before. I think it's so good. Talk, okay. give, a, give us your, I'm going to use the word revelation because I'm churchy. Okay, you know what there I mean? you but, go. You can but give churchy. us your insight on the word curiosity. Well, it happened during COVID and uh, the need for people to get help was so great. There's not enough therapists, counselors, pastors, psychologists, psychiatrists out there. And so I was really on uh, the floor one night just crying out to God saying, how can I help more people? I am only one person, right? Mm-hmm. And I really felt that the Lord showed me the word curiosity. And I'm like, okay. 
But as he was showing me the word curiosity, there was almost words kind of popping up out of it. And in the word curiosity, you can make like 148 words. And the words that I began to see was just then outlined in a kind of a story form where I, if I sit and sort through my pain and own my story and maybe cry and cry out to the Lord that he'll hear that. And he will then equip me so I can see you in your pain, mm. right? And you don't need me to feel sorry for you. What you need is me to sit next to you. Mm. And together we'll talk about that pain mm-hmm. and we'll figure out what we need to do. You know, maybe we need to riot. Maybe we need to cry out. Maybe we need to go to the highest courts to fix the injustice. But you're not going to be in that alone. We are going to link arms and get through this. Mm. Then... People will see us and see something different in us. And maybe the rest of our city that's hurting so bad, maybe that city will become healed. Mm. And ultimately the U.S., the nation. Many of the words that I just said are in the word curiosity. And right then I knew that what the Lord's message to me was curiosity can heal. Wow. If we stop saying what is wrong with that person and we start saying I wonder what they have been through. Wow. And sit with them. Mm. We can help heal. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I, I, yeah. We, we Don't we in our society, don't we just want to fix people? Yes. Look at them and just, and just yes. say, well, something's wrong with them. They yes. need to do this, this, that, and the other. Yeah. But I love how you said, if we actually don't try to fix them, yeah. we sit with them. Right. Hear their story out. Right. Man, that is, that is powerful. Yeah. We need knowledge. We need insight before we throw out strategies. Mm, mm, so good. Yeah. So good. So you're, you're doing, you're doing this and I, and to, to come back around, you said, whenever you went in there for hope for prisoners, they said, you need to, you need to do some things and we can help you when you get back out. Right. Yes. yes. Those classes that you were teaching. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, that's amazing. You go in there and you, and you help them out. Um, so with, with what you're, what you're doing right now, mm-hmm. I know you have a couple different things coming up. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, talk to us about some seminars and conferences you done you have done in the past sure. and some of the ones you have coming up in the future. Okay. Well, in the past, I've done a um, trauma-informed class, a three-hour class, just to educate people on what trauma is, how it impacts us physically, emotionally, spiritually. Um, I've, we've done marriage seminars, right? Um, we've done some parenting classes, and we got coming up is a grief conference, mm. Right. Yeah. So grief is not, you know, something everybody wants to jump up and attend. (laughs) But yet what I can tell you is all of us are going through some kind of grief. Mm. We all went through a community trauma being COVID. Mm. And many of us have experienced way more than just COVID. Mm. Death of children, death of spouses, siblings, infertility. Grief is all across the board. Loss of jobs loss of houses, the death of a dream. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah. So we've got nine amazing speakers that are going to come, uh, pastors, uh, marriage and family therapists, and some families who are going to share stories that are unimaginable, but they're going to share their grief along with their great hope, mm. which is the big guy upstairs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Jesus Christ. Yes. He's, he is. Uh, he's amazing. The yes. wonderful counselor. That's right. Yeah. yeah. That, that is awesome. So w- 
I'm going to, I'm going to kind of take a turn a little bit sure. and then we can come back around. Okay. Um, you know, in church world, we think that everyone just needs to pray and fast things away. Mm-hmm. Um, why is it that you think that we have that paradigm in church culture? Mm-hmm. And what would you say to maybe the church person right now? Cause yeah. predominantly our audience are, are going to be church goers. Sure. Um, what would you say to, to, to into that? If mm-hmm. they're, if they're a church goer, but they've always been taught, Hey, you just need to fast and pray and God's going to take care of everything. Talk, talk to that audience. Like, what would you say to somebody like that? You know, I'm going to pull a line from Dr. Phil and say, how's that working for you? (laughs) (laughs) Because I, I know, I know that that's what we say. You need to pray more. You need to, but honestly, if that worked, if that solely worked, then why are we hurting so bad in the church? Mm. Mm. If it was a matter of just sometimes laying it at the cross, then why are we hurting so bad? It's because sometimes it's more than just a blanket, I'm sorry. It's sometimes we have to dig in and feel the emotions that the pain cost, mm-hmm. right? And we have to grieve some things before we can ever forgive some things, Yeah. right? There's a process to that. Mm-hmm. And, and that process sometimes takes time and it takes sometimes one-on-one work. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I liken the, the scripture verse in James where it says, confess your sins one to another that you might be healed. Yeah. And I don't think confession just needs to be just sins. Right. But I think it's past hurts, past yes. traumas, yep. things you've gone to actually mm-hmm. talking to somebody mm-hmm. who is a trained professional, not just your your stylist or your, your barber or whoever you want to talk to, but somebody who has actually been educated on this. And I think one thing that you have that others don't have is the fact that you love God, that you have a faith background. And like Mm -hmm. you said, you know, if they open up to this, we can talk about this. If they don't, you know, we're, we're not that way. But I think sitting down and talking to somebody and just letting them know, Hey, I'm hurting. I need help. Yes. I think that is absolutely incredible. Um, And I know it's not me that's helping them. I mean, my drive to work every day is, Lord, empty me and direct me and guide me. mm. Right? And my ride home is, again, Lord, these are your children. I'm not their savior. You Mm -hmm. are. Just, you know, give them rest and peace until we we get them on the right path. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. Do you have, maybe you can share, I understand the confidentially element of it, mm-hmm. but can you give us a success story or a roundabout way? Like, how, what does that look like? Someone comes to you and what does success mm-hmm. look like after they've met with you? Obviously, it's not a one and done, but I mean, right. as they've gone right. through the process, what does that look like? Well, sometimes that looks like for a person who has experienced divorce, um, sometimes that is a, a healing and then it's a, a clarity of what they are looking for, and that well, along with prayer, and it's entering into a healthy relationship, right? <clears throat> Sometimes with death, it's not. Listen, people will ask, "How long to, should I be grieving for?" And I'm like, "How long is your loved one going to be dead?" <clears throat> That's an ongoing kind of thing, but it will change. As you go through the process. So I think, you know, to have a success story would be if I've had people who have um, said, Kim, I'm, I think I'm good. And I, I think I have come to the point that I don't need you. And I'm like, perfect. Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's a success story. Mm-hmm. 
That right? is awesome. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. So if people want to get in contact with you and find out more about what you have going on, what's the best way for them to do that? Um, probably through email or phone call. So email, it's Kimberly at crh-lv.org or um, phone is 702-533-8411. Mm. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Um, we're going to go ahead and put that up on the screen. And then Great. also you have, um, obviously you have the grief conference coming up, mm -hmm. but I'm sure you have more things coming up as, as yes. the time goes yeah. on. Yeah. And so if, if people want to get in contact with you, give them that phone number one more time and that email address okay. one more time. 702-533-8411. And it's Kimberly, K-I-M-B-E-R-L-Y at crh-lv.org. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much for being on the thank show today. I appreciate, I appreciate it. it. Thank you. Thank you. And listen, I want to thank you for taking some time out of your schedule to be here and watching us. Whether you're watching on Keen 17, I want to say thank you. Um, Facebook, YouTube, all those great channels, iTunes or Spotify. Can I just talk to you for a second? If you were listening to this on Spotify or iTunes, can you sub can you subscribe to the podcast? If you watch this on YouTube, would you go ahead and like the CTN Las Vegas YouTube channel? Um, helping grow the channel just helps us get the word out on what's going on here in Las Vegas. And if you're watching on Keen 17, you already know, set that DVR and just know this. We love you here at Las Vegas United. So listen, we're going to see you next time right here on Las Vegas United. God bless you. Our show is hosted by Pastor Aaron Pino of Overflow Church. To learn more about him and his ministry, please visit overflowchurch.co. The guest this week is Kimberly Malloy. To contact Kimberly, email her at Kimberly at crh-lb.org. Las Vegas United is produced by CT in Vegas, the Las Vegas location for the Christian Television Network. For more information about CT in Vegas and our show, please visit ctinvegas.com. Hi, I'm Kimberly Malloy, a licensed marriage and family therapist here in the Las Vegas area. I'm also one of the co-hosts for the Resiliency in Grief Conference, which will be on April 21st and 22nd, held at Cornerstone Christian Fellowship. Now you might say a grief conference, that sounds pretty heavy. And yes, grief itself can be, especially if you feel alone or that no one really understands. Grief comes in all forms, not just physical death, but divorce, infertility, career change, or the end of a dream. Cynthia Portero, one of my co-hosts who herself had two teenage children die within a year, we were discussing the increasing amount of people currently navigating or stuck in grief and the increased complex layers of grief overall. And we thought it would be helpful to put on a grief conference together. We wanted to create a setting where people walking through grief would know that the speakers understood exactly what they were going through and would offer hope while pointing to the great comforter, our true hope. Our goal is to offer tools to process grief in a healthy way and equip those of us who are walking alongside grieving friends and family members with ways that could be helpful. Now we have nine amazing speakers, including pastors, therapists, and brave and courageous people who will share their unimaginable stories 
of great loss and great hope. We encourage you to attend, and if you can't, please consider sponsoring a seat. I hope to see you there. Thank you.